0: Welcome to Culture Crawl ATX Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr. And this is Donald Scott II. All right. It is Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Time to chat. It's lovely out. It's March 6th. It's like 75 degrees in the sun. Yeah, um, people have been talking about South by Southwest, coronavirus. We were talking about what'd you, what'd you mention? Uh, natural disasters. Uh, natural disasters. Natural disasters. Yeah. And then somehow we end up on <laughs> breastfeeding. <laughs> So, we're gonna talk about breastfeeding today at Cafe Medici. I have an opinion, but only as a function of being a witness, but it seems like we have an expert that's visiting from uh, out of town, and we would love to hear, um, you know, like just, just
1: kick us off with, with what that conversation is about. Well, Let me just give you some background on her. So to be a certified lactation consultant, uh, internationally board certified lactation consultant you have to pass the test you have to go to a certain amount of schooling uh, not uh, 300 hours of practical all that stuff uh-huh. so uh, overseeing all that is a board an international board to make sure that everything is right kind of like if you want to be an accountant you know you got to pass the accounting board or a lawyer board mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. So. She was on the board that oversaw the whole profession. She wrote the test for one year. All right. That every person had to take to become certified. So she is, like I said, one of the experts in the world On feet.
0: Wow look at this I'm for honor now (laughs) Uh, This this might be One of the first Uh, experts uh, Excellent So without knowing Without knowing your name Okay Could we google you And be like Oh that's her
2: No it was all secret
0: Okay 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 Okay, okay.
2: Not supposed to tell anybody (laughs) That I did those things Okay awesome No but I mean what I do every day Is I help women Breastfeed, I help women um, reach their goals. And you were talking about natural disasters. That's actually a really big area because whenever there's a natural disaster, you don't have electricity, you don't have clean water. So, one of the best ways for infants and young children to survive is through breastfeeding so that I don't know if you remember probably if you're not in the lactation world you may not have seen this but there were earthquakes in China and there was a famous picture of a Chinese policewoman who saved eight infants by nursing them she was a nursing mom herself and she found these babies that were separated from their mothers who otherwise may have died because there was no safe formula, there was no running water, no electricity, and she nursed these babies to save them. And that was like a really big deal, that yeah. if there's a natural disaster, that's one way that infants can survive.
0: That's interesting, I never I never thought about that. Um, <clears throat> my, mine were born at, at the hospital. Sure. Right. Um, my experience with breastfeeding is it can be stressful. Yeah. Um, and and for whatever reason, uh, you don't learn that people judge you based on production oh, yeah. until your production is Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> and then you start judging yourself, right? And it becomes this self. Uh, I don't know. My oh, wife it's, didn't. Um, it's
2: really hard for Do women. well with it on no. the,
0: on the first. Actually, to give some detail, my first was. Premature, which is something else they don't teach you about, right? Yeah. The NICU is something I try and tell all my I, friends about I work now. In the NICU. Um, and then latching, right? All these, all these terms. terms. You're an expert you, yourself. it
1: Well, kind of. Only, <laughs> <laughs> like I
0: said, I'm, I'm adjacent. I'm adjacent.
1: Did you ever see uh, that Larry David uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm when they had a male lactation consultant?
0: I think I saw and it. And the guy and comes in hilarious. and they're like, "Hey, yeah, we're not
1: talking to you, buddy."
0: <laughs> that was yeah. the office
1: uh, the Office? I no, I think it was Larry David. David.
0: Uh, uh, it was uh, one of The Office. It was The Office. Was I'll the agree. Office. It might have been both, but I've just been recently binging yeah, The Office which is really funny. <laughs> um, but, there aren't
2: many male lactation consultants.
0: But, like, yeah. one, so my, my oldest child uh, was, born, I was born, born early, so uh, he did not begin sucking. Right. Okay, so then that caused some stress because we were also at the yeah, NICU, the which who knew what the fuck that was. Uh, and then my second he was okay but then we learned that because of the previous experience it just wasn't like um, a comfortable experience for my wife and then the third one we were like bottled now you you know what I mean and we didn't want any of the stress from the lactation because also sometimes the nurses can be real judgy oh yeah you know what I mean like you must breastfeed Uh, it's it's the whatever they say right Sure. and they just make you feel bad
2: oh i know there's there's actually a whole movement now there used to be breast is best now there's one called fed is best which is a reaction to all these women you know feeling judged Mm -hmm. and feeling incompetent as mothers if they fail and it shouldn't be that way that you know all women are valued all women can be good mothers and you know, I truly believe that breastfeeding is really good for the mom and the baby, but if it doesn't work, we need to support all moms. Yeah, and, right. I mean, my daughter-in-law just weaned her, my granddaughter, at about nine months because she went back to work full-time and, you know, she was away for a while and it just, you know, she did good, but she didn't make it to a year, which is right. what they recommend.
0: Okay. Now, who is they? Is they you?
2: So, the World Health Organization recommends that all children be breastfed for two years.
0: Okay. That's the minimum
2: for them. For two years? For two years. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends six months exclusive, so no food, no water, no juice, nothing, just breast milk for six months, and then to continue for at least a year. So that's the recommendation. So, okay. you know, that's why the nurses are so pushy mm-hmm. in the hospital sometimes. Is, you know, and we know that if you get off to a good start in the first couple of days of life, it's a lot easier to keep up that momentum. Right, that's right. So, if things go really bad in the first 2 weeks. It's kind of like hard to fix things later. Yeah, that's right. So, if you can make it good in the first week, the problem is We have all these public health recommendations, making women feel defensive. Mm -hmm. And then we don't have the support in place to help them. So once they leave the hospital, you know, if their mom didn't breastfeed, if their sister didn't breastfeed, if their partner's not supportive, if their baby loses weight, if the mom's sick, if the baby's sick, it's just not going to work out. Yeah, Not to mention screaming,
0: sleep deprivation, (laughs) and work
2: yeah right because it's, the it's um, really hard women have to work yeah and that's probably you know in europe women get a year paid maternity leave and yeah. now dads get paid paternity yeah, yeah, leave yeah. so you know if you have to go back to work in six weeks you know women that aren't salaried that work you know like at fast food places or in the service industry Backward they have work. no benefits right. they're back at work at four weeks you know single moms there's no way they're going to make it work. Like right. It's just really, really hard. So, you know, women that have the luxury of staying home three months, six months, a year. I mean, my daughter almost had a nervous breakdown. She went back to work as a third-grade teacher with a three-month-old baby, traveling an hour each way. She never saw her baby, never saw her. Her husband was watching the kid. She'd come home, go right to bed, wake up, have to leave before the baby got up she quit after six weeks yeah, right. quit, she quit teaching, quit teaching no. yeah. Yeah, I, I because she realized being a mom and having sanity was more important right. than being a third grade teacher
0: perspective does change too immediately after you had a child um, relatively so uh, pivot but let's come back uh, women's liberation right and then equality right gender equality I've always said the only way, from a work perspective, genders could be equal is if men carried children and had to concern themselves about breastfeeding. (laughs) Otherwise, it's not equal. It will never be equal because I'll never have the experience of should I be here typing this email, listening to you jerks, or should I be at home nursing my child?
2: It's hard. It's hard. That's not a
0: question that will ever my mind, and therefore, either we just agree that that the situation isn't equal, and therefore we need policies put in place to boost the experience, or stop saying that you know you should be able to Dubrow. be equal because we've given you the opportunity to be. Equal.
2: A lot, a lot of workplaces are allowing women to bring their babies to work, mm. which is a really cool concept. That babies under six months can just be with their moms, and the moms can nurse the baby. And they say it makes everybody in the workplace happy when there's a baby in the office. And (laughs) you know, it's just a different experience.
0: Uh huh. Unless that baby's screaming, whose baby? (laughs) (laughs) Whose baby? Whose work? Uh, You see, and in in situations (laughs) like that from a business standpoint, that's just a cop-out. Is that, you know, you don't want to let the person off completely and say so like, hey, you know, you, you, you got to come to work though. You can you bring a baby though, you can bring a dog, you can bring a cat, you can bring whatever. Yeah. Bring what you got to be working though. Yeah. Instead of, hey, you know, take this time to completely do well, what do. Well, a lot of women
2: to want to go back to work. Mm. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, like you worked hard to get to a certain position. You know, you put a lot of money into your education and your career path, and unfortunately, taking time off sets you back. So, you know, if you stay home for a couple years doing something that should be valued by our society, raising children, you're starting at the bottom again when you come back to work. Yeah, that's true. It's it's hard. I think women really struggle with that, you know, I mean, I have four kids. I was home with my first two, and I went back to school and worked with my second two. And being home with kids is hard, and not being home with kids Mm -hmm. is hard, it's, it's...
1: um, And being a dad really is easy because, like you said, you go to work, Yeah. you know the mom's home taking care of the kids, and, you know, I'll be back at, you know, six o'clock, yeah. And uh, you know, I did as much as I could in the house. I think we were close to fifty-fifty, if that was possible. But you're right; it was not the main thing on my mind. What's right. What's happening right this minute with the baby? Right, right. The The idea that um, that you are responsible,
0: actually, fully responsible for this life, yeah, form that you carried around. You know what I mean? Actually, when, <laughs> when I started thinking about, I know. So the politics, right, of of um, life is an interesting concept. But so too is the concept of when life starts, and then thinking of the miracle, right. So either we're saying that just because two cells combine, that all of a sudden there's a person, some new thing <laughs> happened, right. That's one idea. Or that. The cells were living at the time, and then they they combined and lived more, right? Meaning life started pre-conception, right? And so sometimes I think about that because it makes no sense to just believe that because two cells joined, There's then, then like there was some energy that came from where I don't know. You Yeah, know I mean, like how did that fire start? Type <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, that's interesting. My wife is actually, uh, she, she was going to work, but then stopped. And then once you stop, it's easier to, and then children start rolling. Um, it's, it's a, it takes more energy to go back into the workforce than it does to not. But now we're rolling into this space where my youngest is preparing to go into school. And now that identity conversation is starting to come up. And and then there's this comparison, right? When you start looking at what your friends, what your peers have been doing, for those who may have continued working, right, or um, or for those who didn't have children, right, and where they are in their career and how we how we align career with life and like importance, um, it's it's become its own now challenge, effort, conversation. Uh, so we're not really focused on the children anymore, but now because of her sole focus being on the children now it's also created this experience that I can't really understand because I've not ever stopped working. Right. Right. Before we had children I was working. While the kids are now I'm working. Yeah they
2: didn't change your life. And when they when
0: they leave I'm working. You know what I mean? Um, but for her her whole life has changed as a result of these children. But so then we don't really appreciate that. Right, we're just like, yeah, yeah. You're a mom, so is everybody else. Keep it moving. You know, I I, I actually sometimes I lack empathy (laughs) there. So um, (laughs) sometimes I say those things which aren't kind. um, But I'm working on self-awareness and uh, self-awareness and words.
1: Um, Yeah, but you know, it's interesting. We're um, nearing retirement age, so you get these social security statements, and you'll see her statement. And there's all these zeros, yeah, where she never worked, and you you can kind of it's like a, a picture of your life, yeah, and, and you know just one sheet of paper, and uh, you know you compare the two side by side, and it was like wait a minute why don't you have all those zeros, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it make it's it's, it's it's you don't think about it at the time that you are, but right. you know, when you look back thirty years from now,
0: yeah, we were just talking we we just did a financial um, review. And and even the concept of this 401k, right? The, the financial advisor said, sort okay, of well, how much do you have? I have this much. And then the, the question was, well, I know you, you've been home with the kids. Do you have anything? Right? And it's something from before she stopped working. Uh, and, and shout out to Junior Achievement. There's a financial equity um, uh, I forum coming up to talk about the wealth gap and, and just the financial literacy gap between what is taught to women about how to feel about money versus what is taught to men and how to feel about money and then how that plays itself out when you begin to retire right because women live longer than men but if you've not had Social Security and you don't own the funds then upon your partner's departure you're independent and not financially stable or literate given the experience of your past 40 years right and so starting now we have to change that because we know going forward women will continue to work which means the education will be uh, even more necessary starting at the younger ages yeah you got to change the whole entire system is not set up for a lot of the challenges across industries, across like any issue, you give it up. Like There's several ways you can improve it. Yeah. Uh, because what was created, you know, let's call it 200, 300 years ago, is not necessarily applicable to 2020. I mean, yeah, a long, a long time. So what do you think about, um, this is a two-part question, what do you think about formula? and <laughs> Is formula? Does formula have government lobbyists?
2: Oh yes, <laughs> industry, oh <laughs> industry. Yeah,
0: okay, formula industry. Really? Now is that, a, is that are they part of the food industry or are no, they No, it's
2: they're separate companies. It's okay. like Abbott. You've heard of Abbott? Yeah, yeah. So they they make Similac. Yes. And then Mead Johnson is the other one. They make Enfamil. So okay. there's like, and then there's um, Gerber. Remember baby food the Gerber yeah, jars? Yeah. So they have their own formula company. Gerber, they bought Nestle, so um, formula companies have a lot of money. They're like the oil industry and everybody else. They have huge lobbyists. Every time we get try to get public health initiatives to support breastfeeding, they fight it. Um, That's why now we've made some progress. Um, I don't know how old your kids are, but in the last, I want to say, 10 years, you can't get free formula anymore when you leave the hospital. There used to be something. Oh, yeah, called they would give you with the, little
0: bi- uh, the little mini bag. There, there
2: used to be yeah. a gift bag that all the mothers got, and it was a present for breastfeeding women. That's the way they marketed it. And it was like a little cooler bag, supposedly for your breast milk that you pumped when you went back to work. But inside the little bag was a can of Similac for that night when your baby was up crying all night and you were convinced that there, you didn't have any milk. And you start feeding the baby formula, and once you started feeding your baby the formula, the baby liked the formula, and that's you stopped breastfeeding. That. So that's how the formula companies make all their money.
0: Actually, from a food from a food science perspective, um, and then thinking about the way we're addicted to say McDonald's. Yeah. Are is formula addictive?
2: So I'm also a dietitian. I am a nutritionist, yeah. and I know a lot about things like that, but um, formula's not addictive. I mean, babies have to be fed. Mm. So breast milk is what's recommended. Breastfeeding is the best way to feed a baby, but moms can certainly pump and put the milk in a bottle, which Mm. a lot of women prefer, that other people can help feed the baby, moms have more freedom, they know they're going back to work anyway. Some babies don't like breastfeeding, like they never latch on well, they hurt the mom. Um, sometimes it's just not a good fit between the baby and the mom so if the moms can make milk and pump it's a lot more work for the mom because she's got to do two things now she's got to pump clean that up then feed the baby the bottle then clean that up so and store it's a it's a lot more work yeah it's a lot more work so now it's becoming a little more popular to share milk. I don't know if you ever heard about this. Oh, is that right? So there's something called shared milk. So say you're a mom and you pump and you've got all this extra milk in the freezer uh-huh. and you decide you don't need it. You're not going back to work. You just pumped all this milk for no reason. And you have a neighbor down the street or somebody on Facebook, there are these groups. There's a group called Human Milk for Human Babies. Um, okay. Facebook page it's a closed group people screen each other there's no money exchanged Um, you know you meet somebody in your community my daughter did that she donated milk guy came over the dad came over they used a surrogate to have a baby so the mom couldn't breastfeed and they wanted to use what was best for the baby they wanted to use Mm. human milk instead of formula So it's a big thing now. Um, Every health agency in the world has come out against it, that it's not safe, that there's risks involved. You don't know if that person's doing drugs. You don't know if they smoke. You don't know what medicine they take. You don't know if they have diseases because they're not screened. But there's a whole movement in America now of women who or, you know, say you're a you know, same sex male couple. You right, adopt right. a baby or you have a surrogate have a baby. Either one of you can breastfeed, but you want what's best for your baby. You want your okay. milk. So instead of, you can't yeah, buy yeah. your you yeah. milk, but you find a woman or several women who are generous. So why aren't
0: they making money on this? Because, it because not it's not yet? ethical. Because it's not a business. Not everything that you do is very good. No, their, their I, I take it back.
2: People do charge money for It, it okay. is really frowned upon. Yeah. They I mean, found out that should. bodybuilders, like guys, were buying the milk and drinking it for themselves because they thought it had special powers in it.
0: So, <laughs> that sounds like a market. No, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it is a just, market. That sounds like something you can get bitcoin not, at. It, gate, yeah, you know it, know I mean? it doesn't feel
2: right. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. But uh, like you can buy milk from a milk bank. They have milk okay. banks. There's one in Austin. There's about 20 milk banks in the United States now. Okay. That milk costs between $4.50 and $6 an ounce, and it goes to really sick premature infants. Mm-hmm. So hospitals buy it. In Texas, actually, Medicaid pays for it. Like, okay. Like if you have a sick baby that has allergies and you need to get human milk from a milk bank, Medicaid will pay for it.
0: So do they do they test it then as long as they? It's they test the milk milk all bank? the women. The okay. women
2: are tested. They have blood drawn. The milk is pasteurized. Mm-hmm. So it's just like milk. You go, you know, to the grocery store, you buy cow's milk that's pasteurized. It's perfectly right. safe. You never right. think you're right. going to get a disease from putting milk in your cereal. Right. So human milk can be pasteurized, yeah. too. It's heat treated, yeah. So it's very safe. It's cultured. The women have blood tests. Um, but you can't afford that. Babies drink 20 ounces yeah. a day
0: of right. milk. Right, so the price is And if it's so $4 high,
2: an ounce, that's 80 bucks a day. Okay. Huh. That's so,
0: interesting. I didn't know that. I was just thinking about my media consumption of shared milk. And it's always frowned upon. But usually it's, it's they frowned, frowned upon, upon that, that you accidentally accidentally nurse somebody else's child. So you know that's I mean? called wet like, nursing.
2: People do that too. Yeah. Um, But then you have to know the person. Yeah. yeah. Like, the milk sharing's a little bit more anonymous. Like, you don't touch anybody else's baby. Yeah, right. Um, right. You know, you just have these bottles or bags in your freezer, and you put them in a bag.
0: and. Yeah. Actually, you know what? So, I mean, I guess it makes sense that you can't share it, but I do know some moms who just... Create too much milk.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I know you like it, just Yeah,
2: comes. The, those are the All moms that them. share. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So they, I don't think they, she ever shared. It was a, just a freezer full. And then of you end up throwing it melt. away
2: when your baby's a year old.
0: Yeah, see, this one, you know what? Just learn something. A lot, this a is lot, how the podcast works. A
2: lot of babies right. won't take a bottle if their moms are breastfeeding So, say the mom doesn't have to go back to work. She's nursing, but she pumped a lot in the beginning because she was too full or she thought she was going back to work. So she could have a freezer full of milk, and now her five-month-old baby has no interest in drinking a bottle. So she's got all this milk, she has nothing to do with. So what is her choices? She can throw it away, or she can find somebody who would be happy to give it to her baby, same mom had twins, she's not keeping up with making milk for two babies, or triplets. So if somebody wants to share milk, then she can get it.